position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which Everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales. But if you have a game, and it is good, then get time and it will thrive. And you will be my work. Gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals, uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to episode number 172 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you late this Tuesday, uh, 13th of February at 0600 hours. That would make it, uh, for our sequel friends, 2018-0213, ah, Valentine's Day Eve, I guess, at, uh, 6.02 a.m. Pacific Coast time. The coast of the most. Crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth holding up the whiskey sign. Cheers, Ivor. You're fired. Uh, let's get straight to our top stories. Uh, first, the whiskey. Yes. Yes. Dive into the liquor, old pal. Mm. Mm. Oh, my. So, yes, we are late again. Uh, and as always, better us than your girlfriend. Um, but, uh, we, we are late, but we are running Mint 18 again. We are no longer running Ubuntu anything. So, uh, this is a good and a bad thing. It's good in that it's wonderful to be back in an operating system running Cinnamon, uh, in a desktop environment that I actually like as opposed to just... Ubuntu Unity, which is 
Mm. Kind of the equivalent of a psycho-emotional castration for me. Um, it's like, oh, nothing works the way I want it to. If it works at all, it's amazing. That's uh, that's Ubuntu Unity. Um, I much prefer Mint 18 Cinnamon. And uh, actually, getting it to work this time was significantly easier than the challenges of continuing to deal with Ubuntu 16. Um, it seems as if this this is the early hours of having set everything up, having set up us the bomb again. Uh, it seems as if everything is working or will work as, you know, uh, desired eventually. Um, OBS seems to be less crash-prone. Um, my problems with OBS, I discovered, actually, this was last week, um, were due to Pulse Audio not uh, evidently assigning an audio in for my... Uh, Blue Yeti microphone on which I'm recording to you now. Um, and that just seemed to cause it to freak out. Um, and the only way to solve it was to reboot. Big pain in the ass. Anyway. But why are we back on Mint 18? Why? Because X-Plane in Ubuntu 16 and then after an upgrade in Ubuntu 17 suddenly started to crash every time at startup. And I did a whole week's worth of fucking research and I I tried everything to fix this and it would not be fixed. It just started to crash while it's loading the loading screen. It would just crash and at best it would go straight to a crash report. (coughs) And that was at startup. I did everything. I uninstalled everything. I deleted everything manually deleted everything and reinstalled it. I did everything. Opted into beta packages, opted out of them, everything. Purged every customization that I'd made. Everything. Still, same behavior. Right now, as as I'm recording this for you, X-Plane 11 is being installed via Steam. It says that I have 19 minutes, 18 minutes and 59 seconds remaining, so that's plenty of time to do the podcast. Um... Now, the second part of the why in terms of X-Plane 11 is that I need X-Plane 11, especially after learning about uh, Helios, um, which is like a helicopter automation control uh, program that, that you can, it's a module, it's like an upgrade, it's a hardware, it's a real life thing that you can install in a Bell 407 that adds um, basically insanely sophisticated uh, artificial um, artificial intelligence driven um, it's not you know it's not making actual um, what do you call it it's not making actual decisions for you but it kind of is making actual decisions for you that uh, give you these four great buttons uh, that I had no idea what they did on the Bell 407 they're huge buttons on the Bell 407 and that's which is, by the way, in case you haven't ever listened to our show before, Bell 407 is available from the store on explain.com, I want to say. I can't remember. But wherever you buy your payware aircraft, it's a Dreamfoil model. 
It is fantastic. It is the best helicopter I've ever flown in any X-Plane, X-Plane 10 or X-Plane 11. But there are these four big buttons that are kind of in the middle of your control panel. And I had no idea what they did. They're they're like above, I want to say they're above your Garmin um, GPS or whatever. And they're huge. They're these four or five big buttons. Well, I reread the manual for the Bell 407. Um after you buy it, it's like 30 bucks um, it's worth it. It, it, especially considering that the Sikorsky is the only uh, only um, helicopter that ships an X-Plane 11 uh, standard, you're going to need some more helicopters, trust me, you're going to need a bigger boat um, so I'm reading the Bell 407 uh, PDF, the instruction manual PDF, and I see this Helios shit, and l- l- let me let me Look us up, make sure. Uh, well, anyway, I'm having a hard time because, never mind, I'm having a hard time uh, finding the actual documentation to tell you what this shit is called, but it has these five buttons that are like VT, uh, ALT, um, and like an ST button. Anyway, if you're ever in a helicopter and you see those buttons and the pilots had a heart attack or whatever and you're going down, press all five of those buttons um, with the exception of one. There's one button that you don't want to press. But otherwise, your chances of survival like go up by like a factor of a thousand because it has like artificial uh, stabilization built into it. It's a module that like actually can... Uh, you know, oh, well, fine, you press uh, altitude, well, you'll hover at that altitude. Fucking nuts. Um, and then just stabilization is for tail rotor stabilization so you're not spinning around, even if you don't even know how to use the fucking pedals. It's amazing. I don't fly with these things um, by default, but they do make flying a lot easier when I'm multitasking or, you know, setting, setting up autopilot shit or whatever so much cooler um, to be able to have like a a fuel efficient autopilot uh, trajectory and shit with the Helios but anyway so that's been great and the other reason why I need X-Plane 11 is I am so totally almost back in shape with helicopters in this simulator and I've been having way too much fun. I cannot let it stop now because, like, I'm doing things now with the in X Plane 11 that I could never do in X Plane 10. Although I'm, there are things in X Plane 10 that I used to do in X Plane 11. That that there are things in X Plane 10 that I used to do all the time that I can't yet do in X Plane 11, such as um, aircraft uh, carrier landings in Apaches and Blackhawks and stuff like that. But that all that stuff's coming um, while they're moving, you know. It's so... It's one of the reasons why I have such a hard time with my landings um, in helicopters in general. Um, I'm used to a moving target that's going at, like, you know, 12 knots, you know. <laughs> I'm used to it moving in a direction while I'm trying to, you know, land on it. So it's kind of... It's been fun. Um... But I need to be able to play X Plane 11, especially as Trump this week has avowed 
Um, and stands behind wife beating scum. I mean, wife beating scum. Wife beating scum. I cannot say this enough. Um, and we're watching, you know, <laughs> oh God. Uh, puppet show performances. Uh, <laughs> after learning that he watches puppet show performances of his presidential daily briefings that are like carefully expurgated to admit any mention of Russia or whatever upsetting topic of the day there may be. I need X-Plane 11. I need to be able to fly away from reality. I need to be able to get into a Bell 407. <laughs> let's let's go to Hawaii. Let's fly around Hawaii for a while. Um, so we are currently we're reinstalling um, X-Plane 11, which is something that you should not need to do. And I'm I'm very worried that this that even this desperate measure might not work in of itself to fix anything. But uh we do have four monitors up and running, which is fantastic. Um also uh next to last in our top stories. Uh one of our base stations for our HTC Vive has died. It is being replaced. They are sending us a new one. Um, it should have arrived yesterday, but it didn't because I was not awake. Um, due to I'm still recovering from sickness, so I'm sorry if I cough throughout uh, this magnificently refined and polished broadcast. I have you're fired for not filtering out the coughs again. You're fired. More whiskey. Mm. Delicious. So, um, once the HGC, the 1080 Ti card that I have now in this machine is fantastic. It is more than capable of running 32 monitors. So, <laughs> as soon as I get my new base station, um, we will begin once again the uh, VR adventure. Uh, although theoretically I can run it I can run Steam VR with only one base station. Uh HTC Vive's technical assistance was actually very good in terms of live chat. They were I've heard some bad things about them. They were actually very, very, very good. I jumped on at like two in the afternoon on uh Friday, I wanna say of last week or something like that. And uh they walked me through Basically, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're fucked. If it's not turning on, then, yeah. Can't help you. You can send it back in. It'd be like 120 bucks, you know, with shipping, and it'd take 10 days, or you could buy a new one. Um, and since I had first-generation hardware, I decided to buy a new base station for 120 bucks. You know, and that included, like, next-day shipping. So, next business day, your second-day business shipping or whatever the fuck. So, hopefully, we'll get that module back here installed, plugged in, and ready to rock. I'm excited. I have I have almost as many monitors as I've ever had running at one time in front of me, which means and by the way, so our next to last top story um, for those of you who don't understand or know, the number of monitors that I need is exactly equal to the following two conditions. Um, one, if the number of monitors is one more than too many, 
has to be one more than too many, has to be out of index. And then also, it has to be one more that and is also one more than is acceptable and also and if, you know, so third nested if, if a number of monitors exceeds by at least one uh, the number of monitors possible to run at any given time, then we are starting if all three of those evaluate to true then then we are starting on uh, on my quest to have enough monitors to satisfy me um, so right now we got four of them running it's it's fantastic it's really cool um, and they're running rock solid the 1080 Ti is a rock solid fucking card so <coughs> and for X-Plane it's super cool because if I could ever get it to run again you can pop out the Garmin, for instance, from the dash of of the aircraft, whatever aircraft you're flying. You just click on the top right-hand corner of the Garmin, and it pops out as a little window. Then you click on the top right of that little external window, and you can drag it to other monitors. So it's, oh, it's so cool. You can, like, have on one monitor your Garmin and other shit on another monitor, your flight planner or whatever the fuck. And then on your main monitor, you can have your actual, you know, running your flight simulator and stuff. It's super cool. Finally, in our top stories, many shouts go out to uh, Red Gerard. I think that's his name, but he's like a 17-year-old fucking snowboarder, gold medalist, American, awesome, fucking rad, high five. Also, Winter Olympics, further win. I'm sorry, I love the Winter Olympics. It's awesome. Like winter, I love the Olympics in general, but I especially love the Winter Olympics. Um, major props go out to Chloe Kim uh, for shout out to old friend uh, Jesse Smigel uh, for texting in between her runs or, or for tweeting in between her runs that she was hangry, H A N G R Y, which is like a uh, Probably in this case, an inadvertent reference to uh, Goonies 2 uh, on the NES. But uh, anyway, bitch did a fucking perfect run. She's 17 years old, too. These these kids are just fucking amazing. Um, on the half pipe, snowboard half pipe, unfucking believable. If you get a chance, check out that run. Fantastic. Uh, hangry satisfied. Hashtag hangry satisfied. For reals. So. Even with the absence of X-Plane 11 fully functional and running with um, or fully or even functional at all, and that's the thing like, because now I'm probably going to have to rewrite all my UDEV rules which is fine, that's not that difficult a thing to do, at least it, it's not in Mint um, but then I'm going to, if right now I'm on Tinderhooks it's got 3 minutes and 12 seconds left before uh, it says that X-Plane 11 has been fully installed. So we, we shall see after this episode of the podcast is recorded. Um, and that's why we're late this week. So, Ivor, hit them with the features. Over their heads. Put it in their eyes, Ivor. In their eyes. I'm blind, I'm blind. That thing cut me. Oh my god.
It's Bolivians, Bolivians! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. Miss Meek's teacher. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. So, our feature this week on episode 172 of the Best Loose Games podcast. Yes. Oh, yeah, brother. Um, we're doing just a simple what I've been playing um, this week episode. And uh, first off is Remnants of Nazith. N-A-E-Z-I-T-H. Um, Nambla, Aerosoft, Echo, Zebra, Icarus, Tithonus, Horatio. There you go. See? And they said that I could never join the military. See? It's that simple. <laughs> let's, let's try it again. Let's, let's see what comes out this time. Um, Niagara. Antediluvian. Airsats. Zebra. Iota. Tango. Hotel. I got like two of those that were kind of civilian aircraft. <laughs> Call the ATC with with <laughs> Nambla. Antediluvian Echo Zenotic. <laughs> Actually, Zenotic would not be even correct because that's an X, not a Z, but Zebra. Um, yeah. Icarus. <laughs> Icarus. Tithonus Hotel. Remnants of Nazith. Remnants of Nazith is a game that um, I, I, these are not reviews. These are just what I've been playing this week. Remnants of Nazith is a uh, it's a game that I should love. It's a game that I really want to like, but I I do not like this game. This game is a grappling hook game. I love games with grappling hooks. In fact, every game needs a fucking grappling hook, and I've been in development for over 18 months now on a game where you use a fucking persistent grappling hook, a dynamic grappling hook. And that's the least of your fucking skills. That's, you know, your navigational skill. The swashbuckler. However, Remnants of Nazith takes this concept, miniaturizes it, and turns it into almost like a constant speedrun puzzler that is not entirely unenjoyable. The controls are very tight, um, but the levels are very, very puzzle-esque. And they're brutal. And they're speed runnable, like they're they're meant to be speed runs um, through the chapters. I do not like remnants of Nazith, and it hurts me to say that. And it's still early days, but the game is done. It hurts me to say that I don't like a game that has fucking awesome grappling hook mechanics in it. And it does. It does have awesome grappling hook mechanics. It also has secondary physics-based mechanics that are equally excellent. But it is so overtly a puzzle game that it kind of strips the joie de vivre of uh, 
I'm fucking using a laser grappling hook and I'm a badass. Check me out. And there are no enemies. It's kind of like it reminds me a lot of some of <laughs> I'm conflicted about this game. I'm very deeply conflicted. One of the best games that I've ever played is N Plus. Ninja Plus, which you can play for free on uh on Flash in your browser. Last time I checked. Um <coughs> <coughs> That was a very kind of similar game, but where you were a ninja badass. You had no attacks, but you could jump and and wall climb and wall claw and reason your way through these very complicated um, endless hordes of fucking missions to get the ninja gold that you so greedily desired. There is none of the joie de vivre of N or N plus um, in Remnants of Nazeth. This is probably I am probably alone on this score. I'm going to tell you that you will probably love Remnants of Nazeth. It is also a game that checks off even though I'm not a big particular fan of this game, it does check off one of those ding 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 major boxes in the big list of games and types of games that we need to have come to Linux to make it um, a viable gaming platform. This is the grappling hook game currently available um, for Linux. So check it out. It it has, and it also it takes itself way too seriously. It has this very um let's take a look here no no, this is not what I want. I want the interest of Legends tell of a mighty thunder dragon by the name of Nasith, who once roamed these lands. None of this has any impact on the game. Remnants of the dragon's body that still held immense power were slowly dispersed across the world by natural events. But Nasith didn't want to share the power he still considered his own. And so, his soul still lingered, trying to find a way to purge the remnants of their magic. Thousands of years later, an adventurer by the name of Kara heard rumors of a remnant lying inside a cave and dove in using his rope and trusty hook. But the hook was old and eventually gave way, causing Kara to fall. Old hook, that's the story of my penis. He awoke terrified. I have no idea what that seems supposed to mean. Claws magically bound to his hands. Mad with terror, he swung his arms wildly. But the spell did not break. Instead, the claw shot forth, planting itself firmly into the stone wall. Oh, yeah. Still linked the claws to his hands, working much like his old hook. Suddenly, Nasith appeared to Kara and told him he needed a physical body to accomplish his goal. Under the promise of unlimited treasure, Kara accepted the dragon's offer to partially possess his body and use his powers, starting on his quest to purge the remnants of Nazareth. 
So there you go. That's Remnants of Nazareth. It is um, $9.99. There's one thing that... Here's how they bill it. Rush and swing through levels to top the leaderboards in this fast-paced grappling hook precision platformer. And those last two words are really crucial because it is a precision platformer and it is finely, finely tuned. So... We'll see. If you end up hearing a review of Remnants of Nazeth, if I end up over the interstitial weeks, you know, to, to follow um, this mention, um, if I end up playing it signif- to a significant degree where I am able to say that I played 20 hours of it and was addicted enough to make a fi- final decision, then you'll hear about it here. But as of now, I'm it's 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 cognitive dissonance because it's something that I love, but it, it's not something I love. I don't understand. So up next, we have a buggy game called Descenders. That's D E S C E N D E R S. Descenders is a BMX, uh, not BMX. It's a it's a bike, like a pedal bike, like a trick bike. Builds itself as Descenders is extreme downhill free riding for the modern era, with with procedurally generated worlds and where mistakes have real consequences. Will you lead your team to glory and become the next legendary Descender? Now this game. Put you on a bike. It's still in early access, but it puts you on a... Wait. Yeah. Still in early access. It puts you on a bike at the top of a hill. And, uh... Yeah. You learn how to play the game. And then you run circuits. In procedurally... Across procedurally generated tracks. And you have realistic health. So, like, if you fucking faceplant while trying to do, you know, fucking, you know, 720 forward flip, you're dead. It's gonna kill you. That's it. That's the end of your circuit. It's kind of buggy on my machine. It has some, uh... has some weird... Uh, background texture issues and also a lot of the things that are main premises it seems like the, the, that a lot of the very glowing happy re- reviews of this game don't take into account the fact that the talking points for the game's actual release do not actually seem to be present in the current iteration of the game for instance I'll, I'm going to read you the talking points and then I'm going to tell you which ones are not actually in the game. Procedurally generated worlds. Take on different jumps, slopes, and hill bombs every time you play. That is in the game. Freestyle bike controls. Control every subtle movement of your rider with an in-depth physics system made for slick whips and scrubs. This is not in the game at all. And I've, I've tried. I've experimented. Um... I might be doing something wrong, or maybe my controller is misconfigured, but freestyle bike controls, there are no slick whips and scrubs. 
risk versus reward. Push your rider for massive scores and combos, but bail too many times, and you might lose it. You might lose it all. Um, that is totally not in the game. Um, the scores and combos aspect of it. Losing it all is in the game. Build your rep. A fully featured online rep- uh, reputation system lets you show off your worth and earn new bikes and threads. This I haven't had enough time to explore. Fully licensed soundtrack. We partnered up with drum and bass label Liquicity to bring you the perfect soundtrack for hitting the mountains. Personally, I put it on mute. I did not like it, but that's okay. Um, that's a total matter of personal preference. Become the next Descender. Can you survive the game in a single run and reach the ranks of the legendary Descenders? That I have also, of course, not explored to the fullest extent yet. Um, everyone seems to really like this game, though. Um, and it is still an early access. Um... But somewhere between the buggy textures and like the not full, the the, the less than fully implement implemented uh, gameplay concepts, like you know, for instance, the only tricks that I could do, the like the only tricks that I could do were rotation based tricks, like you know, like uh, uh, forward flips um, and uh, you know, y axis, you know, one uh, eighties and stuff like that, um, or three sixties ideally. Um, but it looks like they're on the right track. No pun intended. And the idea of procedurally generated uh, downhill biking is super cool. If they inter- if if they over the next, over the coming months, if they integrate more of the trick system into it and the points and, you know, iron out some of the texture problems um Descenders could be a huge leap forward in terms of Linux gaming. As it stands, um, it runs fine on Linux. Uh, it's uh, right now through February 16th, it's 10% off. It's called Descenders. D-E-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-S. Uh, it's 10% off now through February tw- February 16th at $22.49 now from $24.99. So, that's the senders. And then finally, um, just to compliment last week's mention, which is just a mention of Tangle Deep. Uh, Tangle Deep, which I have now logged so many hours. I've logged 17 hours in. Jesus Christ. 17 hours of Tangle Deep. This game will not get out from under my skin. It's starting to control my mind. I taste metal and burning and. I'm afraid. Oh, me. Um, here's everything you need to know about Tangle Deep. First of all, Tangle Deep is a top-down, two-dimensional, procedurally generated uh, dungeon-delving, roguelike RPG. Came out February 1st, 2018. Uh, published by uh, published and developed by Impact Gameworks. Um, it is... $14.99. It has an unbelievable soundtrack, though, that I don't ever want to buy or ever hear because I already hear the fucking soundtrack in my dreams and in my sleep and in my waking moments, and it just does not stop. <coughs> it's got some catchy tunes in there that they they are earworms and they will destroy your life. And joie de vivre. 
That's what we're all about here at Best Links Games Podcast. Joie de vivre. Joie de vivre. So, what lurks underneath this charming, stupid-seeming, little addictive game is a really, really, really complicated, monstrous assemblage of moving parts and gears that will slowly suck you in if you let it. It will slowly suck you in. And it will destroy you. Um, it will destroy your free time. Um, it's $14.99. I will hold off on a review until later. But now that I can actually talk, I thought it would it was only fair that it would only be fair that I expressed some of what Tangle Deep is. Tangle Deep is permadeath, one run you die, but you can install certain things at the camp that you know uh, uh, give bonuses and advantages to further characters down the line, such as planting trees which give you money or items or food or whatever at the start of every run and interstitially every couple of days during an individual run. Um, But you still start from zero every time you die. And uh, it's it seems really easy because it's like, oh, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's just stat-based. Oh, okay, cool. You run into enemies, you walk into them and that's how you guys fight. Each step is a turn. Um, and it gets really, really surprisingly intense and very, very, very good. Uh, even though it's not my type of game, I like games where like I can attack things, like you know, with my own self, like I press an attack button and stuff. This is like a simplification of role-playing games in roguelike form the likes of which really has never been achieved at this kind of level of simplification and also I mean it's it's very simple it seems so simple but it is so not fucking simple I, I texted friend of the show Joe Jokimon Kendall uh, recommending Tangle Deep to him uh, about two weeks ago saying that it was kind of like Disjaya, if Disjaya 2 was just a uh, one-character game. There's a pet system, there's a cooking system, there's a food system, there are numerous item systems. You have two hands, you have a primary weapon, an offhand, you can switch weapons at any time. Um... And it's one of those games that seems so simple that why can't I, why haven't I beaten it yet? Why haven't I beaten it yet? Why haven't, fuck this! You turn it off in frustration, then three hours later, you're playing Tangle Leap again. And an hour later, you're dead again. Oh my god. It is a really, really beguiling game. We'll save further comment on Tangle Deep uh, for later episodes of the podcast once I have 20 hours you can be sure that I will review Tangle Deep as soon as I have 20 hours of it underneath my belt. But I see the belly of the Great White. No, I see now that uh, so I see that uh, X-Plane 11 has finished downloading. So now the moment of truth. 
Anyway, to recap our feature this week, uh, we had Remnants of Nazith. That would be uh, Nambla, Atomic, Echo, Zebra, Iota, Tango, Hotel. There you go. That's the Grappling Hook game, um, which I really want to like. And I will give it more time. I'm going to make a concerted effort to give it at least three more hours before I abandon it to the demons that possess me. But um, then we had Descenders. D-E-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-S which is a uh, downhill uh, bike like pedal bike uh, trick bike uh, procedurally generated racing game. Uh, And then we had Tangle Leap. T-A-N-G-L-E-D-E-E-P So that'll do us for this week. Thank you for uh, tuning in. And uh, yes, for uh, to all those who uh, messaged me about how I sounded like death last week, yes, I felt like death. That is a very accurate description of how I felt. It, I was dying. Um, it was very bad. I was very sick for for almost two weeks. I am on the men now. I am at at least... 75% capacity um, and considering that I on any given day I never exceed 85% capacity I'm like at you know 100% so cheers thank you all for your well wishes etc and I will catch you all later on this week on Friday or Friday Saturday uh, depending on how things go uh and please be sure to check out the Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash skookiesprite S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E <coughs> um, I don't know how active we'll be this week as we try to reset up everything um, but there are some great fucking clips up there and there are some there are dozens of hours of videos of us playing games including Mad Max recently from last week um, and stuff just you know go to our channel Scoogie Sprite and uh, you know blah and as always check out um, the website www.bestlinksgames.com and uh, cheers thanks for listening I will see you soon <laughs> you're fired Ivor A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy, yaddy, yo. Four or five times. We're going to have such fun. Bebop 1. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop 2. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop 3. Yada, yada, e. Four or five times. Matt Damon. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous. Fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham.
I'm here, I'm there, I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.